Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Hello, 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 and welcome to our Sunday Dialogue. You're here again with us, Life Nation. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule, um, taking the time out of your day to share in the word of God with us. We are in a series, The Spiritual Laws of Divine Power. And this is part two today. I am Shante Charles, pastor, prophet, executive pastor here at Life Nation. And so I welcome you in also Apostle Robert our founder and apostle and teacher here at Life Nation also welcomes you to join us. Feel free to join us on Sundays when we are here, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's go into prayer and then we'll get right into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace on today. Father, I thank you for this word that you have given to us. For your word is spirit and life. Your word pushes back the darkness. Your word fills us and invigorates us and empowers us, strengthens us so that we may fulfill our walk and fulfill our calling that we've been placed and set in this earth to fulfill. I ask, oh God, that the words of my heart and the meditation of my mind, the meditation of my words and the meditation of my spirit be acceptable unto you, oh God. For you are my strength and my redeemer. Let these words, Father, encourage, uplift, empower, and bring people into a greater understanding of who they are and what they've come into this earth to do. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray and believe. Amen. So, as we began this series, I told you all at the beginning that the Lord gave to me Five spiritual laws of divine power. The first law we talked about the last time we were together was the law of purity and how purity gives us some divine power. That it is that ability to be uncontaminated, that ability to not be sullied, so to speak, by the world, that ability to not compromise your purity because it is a key to power that is divine. Purity is always about you and not about comparing yourself to others. So I want to review the definition of power. Power is the ability to act or produce an effect. It's the ability to have influence over others. It is authority and jurisdiction. It is the right to govern, to rule, or to determine. And so when we talk about these spiritual laws of divine power, we always want to be asking ourselves, what actions does God want us to take? What effect does God want us to have in the earth? And what or who do we want to influence? Who has God set you in the earth to influence? I thought this was a very interesting uh, law, this next law that we're going to talk about, because 
I don't think I've ever heard anybody um, express that this particular idea or concept is a law of power. So for me, you know, I was going into this study looking at it as, wow, this is something that I've never thought about in this particular way. So I hope that as we dive in a little bit today, that it's going to do what the same thing it did for me, which was to have sort of a light bulb moment um, in the spirit and with the spirit. So the spiritual law that we're going to talk about today is what God calls your origin story. Your origin story. Now, if you have uh, been awake or or been alive <laughs> over the past maybe week or so, two weeks or so, you have probably heard about the film, right? The sci-fi film that came out called Wakanda Forever. And it was very powerful to see that um, film. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I thought it was very interesting because God gave me this particular thing about laws of divine power. And then that uh, film is very much centered around an origin story. So I got several insights into um, what the Lord was sharing with me today, but we're not going to tie in Wakanda forever. I do encourage you to go see it. So let's talk about what origin is. Origin is the source of something's existence or from which it derives. Origin means ancestry. So one of the spiritual laws of divine power is locked up in your ancestry. Origin means to arise. It is. It also means a source or to come forth or to proceed or to set in motion. We get the word originate, which means come into existence or to take on the form or the shape of. We also get the word original, which means to trace the origin of. You can't be an original without an origin. It is to give rise to something. Now, as I was uh, going through this lesson, one of the thoughts that came to me, of course, is one of the most devastating things that happened to humans in this world, in the history of the world, was the transatlantic slave trade. Because millions of people were stripped of their origin story. Their descendants are still trying to recover their story after hundreds of years of their story being stripped of their story being denied to them of their story being appropriated by other groups of their story being obscured or hidden and so when you think about the fact that this is a key to your divine power, it becomes all that much more imperative to know your origin story. So the question is, what is your origin story? And then as I was seeking the Lord about this teaching today, um, and I asked the question, 
Can a new story be given to you that leads to empowerment? And so as I began to think about these things, um, on November 9th, 4.04 in the morning, because <laughs> I do date and time when the Lord gives me, uh, speaks to me, but 4.04 in the morning, God woke me up and he began to speak to me about this topic. And he said, greater than your origin story is the story that you tell yourself. I'm going to say that again. Greater than your origin story is the story that we tell ourselves. And then the spirit said to me, you will not progress past the story you tell yourself. You will not progress beyond or past the story you tell yourself. And he said, Spirit said, Holy Spirit said, the story that you rehearse is the key to your power. Mm. Let me take a sip right there. Mm. <laughs> so clearly, as the Lord is telling me this at 4.04 in the morning, it's really hard to go back to sleep after that, right? The story you rehearse is the key to your power. Holy Spirit said, you must reframe your experiences through the divine lens. What is the divine lens? The divine lens is how God sees you. And he said, it is imperative that you do this because your lens does not provide the fullest view. Your lens of who you are does not provide the fullest view. So you have to see yourself through the divine lens. You have to see yourself as a part of the divine storyline. You have to see yourself from God's eye view. And then he said, take a look. It's in the book. So let's take a look at a very familiar and important origin story. Now, this is, I, I, I laughed a little bit when Holy Spirit took me here because I said, well, they're going to get their Christmas message early this, this year. <laughs> so let's go to Matthew 2. Matthew 2 is where we're going. And we're reading it all but we're going to break it up into some parts here. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 5. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, I'll read one more verse. And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah. 
for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people is Rael. Now this is after Jesus is born. But what happened before? <laughs> what happened in Jesus's origin story? His mother fulfills prophecy. There was a prophecy on not only his life, but there was a prophecy on the life of the woman who would bring him into the world. So his mother fulfills prophecy. His father goes through a period of confusion and somewhat shame. Okay. His parents, before he even comes into the world, because we like to believe that everybody's birth story and how they came into the world is also oh beautiful and, and, and everything is right, right? But no, Jesus starts out <laughs> with a question mark over his head about who his paternity is. Hello, those of you who came from origin stories that were not picture perfect. His parents have to get on the same page with God. Much less with each other. Mm. His parents have to get on the same page with God. They have to understand that their son is coming through Mary. And that he is for the world, not just for their little world, not just for their little family. He is for the world. As his mother goes through the process of pregnancy and she's getting to the place where she has to deliver him Jesus's parents are not even received for a place to stay. Mary is clearly ready to pop if you've read the scripture on it, okay? And she has no room. There was no room to receive this prophecy that was coming into the world. This is Jesus's origin story. So Mary gives birth in what uh, many historians and archaeologists believe was more of a cave setting than a nice comfy barn that we see in the little cartoon pictures, okay? So she gives birth in this very crude and rudimentary place. And she is likely still there recovering when the wise men arrive. What does your origin story look like? So the Holy Spirit said, number one, when we talk about and when we think about our origin story, and we're, we're doing a parallel here, we're talking about Jesus's origin story, but we're also talking about yours. He said, do you see your life through a series of rejections or do you see it through a series of protections? 
Do you see your life through a series of rejections or through a series of protections? Because many times if we're looking at our origin story and we'll be honest, there's been times where we have felt like I don't fit in. There's been times when we have felt like we were not received. There's been times when we have felt like the door has been closed when everyone else has walked through or everyone else has had an easier time of it than you. <laughs> Joseph and Mary had been rejected from receiving help, but they were protected to meet the Magi who were actually looking for them. Holy Spirit said to me, that there are people anticipating your arrival and some who are not going to receive you even if they do have room to receive you. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> there are people who are anticipating your arrival that when you show up, they say, I have been looking for you. You are the thing, you are the answer, you are the solution that I have been waiting to receive all this time. And then there'll be other people that won't make room for you, no matter if they do have the room, they won't receive you. Let's read on. Matthew 2, verse 7 through 12. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Jerusalem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. My, my, my. Jesus is received by the wise as the Messiah and by the envious as a threat. Let me say that again. <laughs> Jesus is received by the wise as the Messiah, the promised Messiah to come but he's received by the envious as a threat. Are you seeing parts of your origin story as a series of rejections or as a series of protections? Because you see Herod put on the pretense that he wanted to worship Christ. But the Magi were divinely warned not to return to Herod. Notice that the Magi utilize the properties of the world, right? They utilize the position of the stars in order to seek out the Messiah. 
They didn't worship the stars. Hello? They didn't worship the stars. They used the stars to guide them to the Messiah. Herod has put this pretense out that he wants to worship Christ. So what happens? Let's read on. Verse 13 through 16. When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring word. I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So you have this flight into Egypt. Jesus by this time is between one and two years old. Jesus in his origin story, he is an enemy of the church and state at birth. He is an enemy of the church, the scribes, the Pharisees, who have decided to connect with the state power at the time, King Herod. And a target is on Jesus's back from birth, but mm. you can't see how that relates to black men oh. in America. He is an enemy of the church and the state at birth and a target is placed on his back. Holy Spirit asked another question. I'm going to pose it to you too. Do you see your story from the lens of disrespect or discernment that leads you away from those who cannot respect your destiny? Herod had no respect for the prophecy. Herod had no respect for the spiritual leaders that decided to go up there and give him spiritual intel that allowed him to try to pinpoint where the Christ was and about how old he was in order to assassinate him. So you have a whole country of spiritual leaders who have access to the spiritual technology of called prophecy to determine where the Messiah would be. And the first thing they do with their spiritual technology is they go and submit their spiritual wisdom and technology over into the hands of a despotic king who wants to 
assassinate the very Messiah that would come out of your people. But yet we still can't see the parallels. <laughs> so what happens? What happens? He has children who were two years old and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding towns. Male children, all the children. He has them killed. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go hither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Not that he took a Nazarene vow, but that he would live in Nazareth. So Herod has all the male children, two years old and younger, in Bethlehem and the districts killed. We're talking origin story. Imagine growing up as the Christ. Imagine growing up knowing that all the boys your age in Bethlehem had been killed in wow. order to find you. Your peers, those who would have been your peers, are not here to be your peers because they were massacred in order to find you. What kind of a burden does that put on the Messiah? So he comes out of Egypt. He's, his father is warned in a dream and they adjust their direction and settle in Galilee. It was Joseph that was warned to escape. It was Joseph that was warned to escape and have them flee into Egypt. It was Joseph that was alerted that they should return it was Joseph that was given instructions on where they were to reside. We're talking origin story because people try to take Joseph out of the house. People try to make Joseph a footnote in Christ's story. People try to remove Joseph out of Jesus's origin story. 
But without Joseph's obedience, without Joseph listening to his dreams and following through, Jesus doesn't make it through the assassination attempts. Jesus doesn't make it to manhood without Joseph. Hello, fathers. Because people will try to make Jesus's origin story just about Mary. But the reality is Jesus doesn't make it to manhood without Joseph obeying God and having a dream life and hearing from the Lord and listening to the Lord just as much as Mary did. Another question by the Spirit. Do you see your origin story through the lens of exclusion? Or do you see your origin story as an entryway into the right path that you should take? Jesus spends the first part of his life in Egypt away from what would have been normal, cultural, spiritual life for him. But he gets brought back and he gets set on a path of protection until his appointed time to come forward. Another question by the Spirit. Do you see your origin story Do you see yourself as one who has been ignored or one who has been hidden from exploitation? Mm. Because had these scribes and priests knew where to find Christ, you can rest assured that he more than likely would have been exploited as a young child. Ask yourself, where does your origin story begin and where does it end? Understand that God has written the end from the beginning. Now let's talk about another origin story. Go with me to 1 Kings 17. First Kings 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, 
Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And as she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. This is a widow woman, and we enter her story during a famine. So does Elisha. We don't know her origin story, but the story that we do know and the story that she is telling us at this moment in time is that the clock is running out for her. Time is up. She has decided in her mind that she's going to have her final meal and that's going to be all she wrote. Here are some of the things that she said. I don't have. I only have a handful. I am gathering. I'm going to take this home, have a meal, feed my family, and then we're going to die. That's was the story she was telling herself. Let's keep reading. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, and go and do as you have said, but make me a little cake first and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, Neither shall the cruise of oil fall or fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. God has interrupted this woman's story. God has interrupted the story of defeat that she has been writing for herself. God has decided to send a prophet that is going to alter her storyline. How is it going to be altered? It's going to be altered by the word of the Lord. How is it going to be altered? It's going to be altered by her obedience to that word of the Lord. Verse 15 and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elisha. Elijah. Now, if you read on in the story, some other things happen, but the prophet speaks life even into that situation and that woman and her son 
continue on even after they have written their own selves off. She did as the prophet said. She stood on what the prophet said. Why? Because God was standing on the word of the prophet in keeping with his word to the prophet. He told the prophet, I'm going to send you here too. And, and there is a widow that's going to supply you. And as that widow supplied, Elijah was able to speak to say, you're going to live. You're going to continue to eat. Because I'm standing on a word that was here before your story. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm standing on a word about you that was spoken about you before you knew about it and before I showed up. Before the prophet shows up, this woman has no idea that God has just altered her storyline. Like the widow. Holy Spirit has some questions for you. <laughs> Are you worn out with your life? Or do you realize that the clock is still running and there are chapters not yet written greater than what you're going through right now? Do you tell your origin story seeing yourself as a victim of circumstances like the widow? Or as one who has the hope of overcoming it? Do you have an unyielding belief in your expected hopeful end or do you live out of self-limiting beliefs does your story declare a defeated life or a life that you settled for understand as long as you are alive your story is incomplete No matter what your origin story looks like, understand that God is still in the midst of your story, that God is still writing your story, that God has an expected end for you. There is power in your origin story and your purpose can be found there. I want to encourage you today, don't be afraid to dig into your origin story. Ask questions of those who were at your inception. Own your story and the power behind your story and let that fuel you for your future. If your story is not going in the direction that you want it to go in, Seek God for redress. Seek God for the direction of your origin story. Don't ignore your dreams. Don't ignore the promptings from the Lord. Don't ignore the messengers that he sends to confirm, to reaffirm, to encourage, to warn, 
and sometimes the messengers that he will send even for you to serve and to be of service. We know the widow's life continued because of her act of service. Don't underestimate your origin story. Understand that people will enter and exit your story, but you, my dear, you, beloved of God, are the main character. Stay with your story. See it through and see your expected end in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord for today. I pray that you were encouraged by this message. I know I certainly was. Um, I pray that you were enlightened, and I pray that you would know and own the power of your story. Your origin story has power. Don't allow anybody to make you feel ashamed of the circumstances that brought you into the earth. There is something important and powerful that God wants to do with you and through you. So I encourage you to live it out. Apostle? My Lord Jesus. Ah, oh, what do we say to these things here? Just take a moment of silence just to absorb the power of the expression given today. Well, when you put it like that, origin story, story of origins. It is amazing, as Prophet said early in our discussion, is that do you see your life through a series of rejections or a series of protections? Christ was excessively sheltered by his father. He couldn't go out and play with the kids. They couldn't go play in the street. He had to be hidden because there was a hit on his life from birth. It tells you that heads of state will do all manner of manipulations to those with spiritual recognition in an effort to destroy life and promise. When church or religion and state get together, murderous intent is what follows. Herod was the head of state. He went to the religious leaders we come together, I got a plan that I want to use your spiritual leaders or religious leaders for. They don't express the whole plan. But if you as a religious leader, spiritual leader, are governed 
by the murderous intent of heads of state, you become an assassin of what heaven has to be produced on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Will you go down as a supporter of heaven or a supporter of those who want to assassinate what comes from heaven? That's a reminder. So all of you people who who suck on the breasts of politics mm -hmm. using politics as a means for identity you become one of the greatest pawns and enemies of the cross we have seen that paramount story displayed this decade six years ago played out where religious leaders associated and made covenants with heads of state and brought nothing but destruction to the kingdom of God literally Come out from among them and be separate. It's the reason why the Lord says that. We understand. We want political intrigue. We want to have the expression to be next to those in the halls of power. But if you're not, if you're not hearing the progressive word of the Lord, those leaders we're warned by God, do not go back to the head of state. Do not go back, what's that scripture at? Do not go back to the head of state. Um, do not go back to the head of state. Do not go back to the head of state. Do not go back to the head of state. He has murderous intent. Verse 12, okay. And having been warned of God in a dream not to go back to Herod the Magi, or the wise man left their own country by another way. There is a point where you must abandon the political genocide mission. Powerful work. Powerful words. Powerful words. Powerful words. Christ was saved by the wisdom that came from his father. Fathers matter. When you have a religion that celebrates and glorifies and deifies the mother, you've set up idols and you discount the full work of the marriage union. Christ was not born of a single parent household. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt and remained there until the death of the head of state. There are some things we have to understand that you cannot sit there and depend and nurture yourself through political leadership. The Christ message in you 
is not to be restricted by government. Catch and kill is what the phraseology that they like to use in the business world where they will say that they want to be for you, they acquire what you have, and then they destroy it. That's corporate takeover. You cannot corporate. You cannot pr- do a corporate takeover of God. You must hear from the Spirit. So that's some powerful things, and that's his origin origin story. How do you know when she prophesied and spoke about how all the children two years and under that Christ grew up isolated from his peer group? His peer group was in the ground through genocide. They kill the babies. Politics destroyed wonderful God-given souls under two years old just out of envy, greed, and jealousy. Let that sink into your spirit. Abandon political ships. They are destined to go down. And on the flip side, we thank God for even when you see the world is crushing around you with the widow. All she was able to see, all she was able to express in her story was that we're going to we're counting down the time until expiration, which will be a which is on a short leash. And it took the prophet. Joseph had the dreams from God. Here, the woman had the prophet. So the office of the prophet, Elijah was the prophet. He just overcame great conquest by denunciating the work, the false work of heads of state. (laughs) So God fed him through ravens and a widow. God will have the prophet head out to people who feel destitute and tell them and speak abundance to their life. So prophets have the ability to change the trajectory of your origin story back to what is divinely rightful for your life. We can take on the characteristics of our environment. We can take on the characteristics of government calling you a minority. An other. An N-word. You can absorb that into your life and figure you have nothing more you can do but just expire. Uneventfully. But the prophet came with the divine word of abundance that was associated with God's vision for the widow. You may have lost something great in the course of this life. doesn't mean that you are lost. So we thank God for prophets, visions, and dreams. Joseph was a prophet. He received the dreams from God and made prophetic destiny for Christ. Prophet Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of all biblical history. 
change the trajectory, the trajectory, I'm getting tongue twisted, of a widow who was really one of the lowest com- lowest denominators in human society at the time. It's 2022. What is the lowest common denominator of humanity at this time? That's rejected, that's ripped off, that is spoken negative about, that nothing can come out of it. It can't even be spiritual. They can't even be of Hebrew origin. <laughs> you can take on what the world is saying or you can follow the prophetic voice of the Lord and associate the abundance of what the Lord has for you to be released into your life. On that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this power. Thank you for the the, the essence of the words of the prophet, visions, dreams, and unctions. Help us to follow them so that we can survive and not just survive, but thrive and walk in abundance and worldwide transformation through life. We pray all this in the name of Jesus and those who don't know Jesus, Lord, we pray that if you don't know him, that you confess Christ Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, as Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Thou shalt be saved and have part in this divine protection and destiny and abundance. We declare in Jesus' name. Amen. And as they receive Christ, mm-hmm. they receive a new origin story. Ah, uh, yes. Receive Christ and receive the new divine origin story for your life, yes. which has been from the ancient of days. Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed from God. It just changes where you stand in that flow of God. Bless God for you. If you will be so kind as to uh, send them gifts over to Live Nation Financial through our Square or our PayPal or our Cash App. You can see all those on our screen. Uh, God bless you. We will not be here next Sunday because next Sunday is Thanksgiving weekend. We don't celebrate the slaughter of Native Americans and want to celebrate with big dinners because of celebrating slaughter of Native Americans. That is not what we're about, but we're giving thanks as always, it's a time to understand that God has been with us, how he provided for the prophet in time of drought, and he gave him abundance through the ravens. It's that kind of thing that we celebrate, that God continues to feed and give us resource outside of the cultural clenches of the adversary. So we thank God for you today. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Pre-Thanksgiving Sunday. Amen.